from the Summer Skate Studios behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey West Live for August 21st, 2022. Visual guest, ESPN College Hockey play-by-play voice, Ben Holden. Behind the Mask's College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota. College graduate, member of the military, then you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf. Let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Metro by T-Mobile. Get 50% off or more when you add a line to a new or existing account. Liberty University. Play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. Buy Burrito Express, six East Valley locations for fresh, fast, authentic Mexican food. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by Drury Inns and Suites, travel happy again. Book your next stay at drurihotels.com. 1-800-DRURY-IN. College Hockey West Live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask. It's part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. If you were looking for us a half hour ago and you heard part of a show and uh, lost it, so did we. <laughs> so uh, welcome in, Scott Strandy with you at College Hockey West Live. I'm in Denver, Colorado tonight. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. Paul, we couldn't connect with you. Uh, we right. tried. Then we right. got Ben. So Ben right. and I were on. Um, right. Now I restarted, sent out new invitations. I've got you, but I don't have Ben. So <laughs> so I don't know where we're going uh, on this on this episode, but... We're uh, we're running around like chickens with our heads cut off, and you know what? That's uh, that's what happens when you try to do stuff live, I guess. That's the beauty of technology and live radio. Yeah, um, something like that. <laughs> no, I mean that's, well, Ben and I, I had a great conversation for twenty minutes. I heard part of it. And then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, he disappeared off of my board. So uh, I couldn't get him back. Um, I just sent him a message now and said I sent a new invitation. So hopefully um, he'll be able to reconnect on. It's hard when you've never done this before, but um, and I'm not aware of it. So um, uh, I, she, <laughs> um, if, if, first of all, it's it, thankfully we don't rely on me for the technology because uh, we'd have bigger problems. So. Um, you know, I mean, uh, just it's, it's, I don't even, uh, I, I, you know, like I said, I'm sitting there and I'm, 
and I'm trying to let you know that I'm here, and I'm and I don't know if you saw that or not. Well, I could only see it on my phone because well, you were texting I mean. me. It wasn't coming on the the Podbean, so I'm running the board. I'm talking to Ben. I'm trying to carry on a conversation, and I'm trying to read your texts and respond to you. Uh, <sighs> anyway, so we'll hope that we're able to get Ben back. Uh, like I said, I sent out the invitation like I did to you, so hopefully right. you'll be able to uh, to get on it. Um, I don't know. I think Nick is with us. Uh, yeah, I the, see that too. Studio. Yeah. So Nick, if, if you have a way to reach out to Ben uh, and can see if you can help him get reconnected with us, uh, that would be fantastic. Um, otherwise, I guess we're uh, we're doing hockey talk. We're doing well. It's, I mean, it's live with us. Right. Right. Well, I mean, it's not like there aren't things to talk about. <laughs> right. Well, Ben and I were having such a good conversation too that we kind of want to get him back on and. I heard part of it started, but anyway, well, yeah, we'll, we'll do what we can. Maybe Nick is able to uh, to give him a, a call and and walk him through the steps to get back on with us because it was a tremendous conversation. We were talking about the pod, we we're talking about uh, the future of college hockey, um, all kinds of good stuff. But what do you got to kick us off with while we wait and see if we can get reconnected with Ben? Well, do we want to talk hockey first, or what do we want to? What I mean. Um... We were. I was. I don't know. I don't know how many people saw the end of that World Juniors game last night. Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> what a crazy, crazy ending. Those those, those Finnish players. Um, there were. You know, they, uh, at least they were going to play three on three until somebody scored, and not have a shootout. Um, I'm all for that. It's it's better than a shootout. Uh, I'd still rather see him play regular, but okay, three three on three is better than than uh, a sh- you know penalty shots. So um, the Finnish players and I, I mean I don't know who they were. They were like, but the, the, the Garan, the Canadian goalie, was out of the net, and um, Mason McTavish ends up playing goalie. And barely, <laughs> not, not by choice. Just no, not by choice. Up. Well, barely, barely keeps the puck out of the net. And I was shocked. Uh, I mean, I said, I, I, I knew they were, they had to review that at some point. Now, you know, I they didn't stop the game to review it, and they probably and they shouldn't have. But then when Canada comes down and scores, you're like, oh my lord! And they're and they're celebrating, and you're saying to yourself. Uh, they got to look at it now, and and you're wondering like, oh my lord, what happens if that puck actually did go in? You want to talk about a crazy ending? That would have been it. I mean, that would have been on a different level than the CCHA <laughs> ending, right? But you know, because there wouldn't have been an hour break in between, but. Holy smokes. I mean, that was an insane, insane ending. And, you know, full marks to the Finns for coming back in that game and sending it to overtime. Uh, they're down well, 2 nothing, and, and, and Canada looks like they're rolling. And... And, and the Finns just kind of slowly crawl their way back in it. 
and it was a tremendous third period, a tremendous overtime, and all and, and one of the craziest endings you'll ever see. <laughs> well, and give all a lot of the credit to uh, to Mason McTavish, but I don't know if you noticed number sixteen stick was there too. And uh, it was it was assisting in keeping that puck from crossing the red line. Well, and that, by that I mean Connor Bedard. He yeah, was uh, I, he was also in there. Uh, he won't get much credit for it, and probably shouldn't because Mason McTavish knocked it out of midair and straight well, down instead of into the net. But but I just want to throw that out there that I saw that replay about a bazillion times between last night and now, and uh, Connor Bedard's stick is definitely there too helping uh, Mason keep it out of the net. Well, it's it's funny because McTavish is the one that kind of got beat on the play to set up the chance in the first place. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, that's what championship-type players do. Until the game is over, you get maximum effort. And um, not that Bedard looks uh, uh stock went down a little bit but mctavish's stock went up even more if that's possible yeah and and keep this in mind paul he's still eligible for uh the 2023 tournament too he's not gonna play i don't think but he could come back and play in 2023 in christmas time oh well he's gonna be in the nhl yeah, well, he was in the NHL for a bit last year, and he's still yeah, but he's going to be there now for for the for the whole season. Yeah, you so, would think so. You would certainly think so. I mean, like I said, Bedard's stock didn't go down at all. Um, I haven't seen anything that said uh, maybe he will. You know that it, nothing every nothing changed in terms of that. Um, but, but it, it, it definitely, uh, I think opened up a lot of people's eyes to Mason McTavish that might not have had him on their radar because Bedard is the easy guy to follow. Right. So I, I think that, like I said, I mean, there's a reason why he was the captain, right? Yep. Well, it was, you know, a frustrating tournament for, for Team USA, but, boy, for everybody else, um, I think uh, it, it had to be really exciting. Well, listen, nobody – honestly, uh, I, I, it's, I, I don't – I'm going to sit here and say – Team USA kind of underachieved. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I'm sure that uh, if you drive 45 miles south of me and, and uh, grab assistant coach Chris Mayotte, he's going to tell you the same thing. You know, um, they, they they just didn't push back. They, they, they. All right. Well, yeah, you're right, Nick. I mean, they did underachieve, but I'm trying to be nice. Uh, well, 
I, I told you this as well. And I think, hold on a minute. I think we've got Ben Holden back. And I think we've got oh. Nick Maxson back. I think we've got the whole crew. Oh. Yeah. Uh, we're here, yeah, to save, we're here to save the show, Ben. Uh, yeah, Somebody man. No to. pressure. No pressure. Go, <laughs> Somebody has to. Anyway, Lord so not gonna be me. bring in the fourth line plumbers. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm up, coach. I'm ready. Okay. So let's get back to where we were, Ben, uh, because we scrapped the other one. So tell everybody what you're doing now. And uh, <laughs> they've heard your voice everywhere. So. Let them know what you're doing and what you have done. Yeah, man, I, it's uh, it's good to talk to you guys, man. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a long story. I'll try to make it short. <laughs> um, so now I'm working for a company called Newsnet, uh, anchoring sports for a 24/7 news, sports, and weather uh, national app. Our owner owns Five Hour Energy, so uh, nobody can ever be tired and say they're not given the proper tools to be up for their show. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So uh, doing that, you know, I had anchored since uh, I left local sports in 04, cause since then I've been calling games. So, uh, you know, and, and doing that. So, uh, you know, I had a great job last year. I was loving what I was doing at RT America, doing the KHL and great place to live in DC. And I was walking four minutes to work and it was just a perfect gig for me. It was hockey every day. I was doing 25 games a month. And, uh, and we got shut down because of the war in, in Ukraine. Uh, everybody canceled them, and the network had nowhere to air their product. And it was a shame because best place I've ever worked in terms of, like, the quality of their equipment and the people and just the way they operated. It was, it was, it was awesome, man. It was really cool. So um, then came back here, and my girlfriend had stayed in Michigan. So, you know, that made that easier. Um, she owns a business, so kept her here and you know i was back a lot doing big 10 games last year and looking forward to this year and so just doing you know the stuff i mentioned at newsnet and uh waiting on a schedule so uh you know glad to be back for i think year 19 of calling games and in, in our great sport and proud and honored to do that boys so uh that's kind of the long and short of it well we are definitely uh, happy to have you on um great to be on um I, I know you guys were talking about uh, out, outdoor hockey and, and yeah. all this other stuff and, and, and ice. Bubbles. And bubbles and pods. And I love the pods. Oh, they were I, great. I love them. I, 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 you know, I'm a, I, I be, I'll tell anybody that listens. First of all, they should have this World Junior thing every August. Forget December. <laughs> I like this. As long as it's not in Edmonton. Get it out of yeah. Edmonton then. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter where it is. Just have it in August every year. <laughs> yeah, I, I love I loved it. It was great to have a hockey fix for what a week and a half. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. It's, right, it's, it's the sole focus of the hockey world. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, man, it's perfect. I agree. But Scott, now you're in trouble because you have people on that agree with me. <laughs> that's, that's, really scary. that's really scary. <laughs> well, I, I hear a, a pretty viable rumor that uh, well, it's not a rumor that. Uh, <laughs> USA is getting the uh, tournament in 2026, and Vegas is the leading candidate uh -huh. to uh, to be the place to be. Uh, there won't be any media at that, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, right. <laughs> nobody wants well, to go to be Vegas. There, but nobody. The game. <laughs> yeah, nobody. Nobody wants to go there, especially in December, right? Yeah, <laughs> that makes too much sense. 
absolutely. Well, Bill Foley has earned it. He's now got the uh, Dollar Loan Center, which seats about 6,000. Uh, his team, the AHL team last year and the year before, proved that the Orleans was still a viable site for about 7,000 fans. And, yeah. of course, uh, the beauty of them all is uh, T-Mobile Arena, which has 18,000 seats. So I don't know why that would not be an option. They have uh, four, and by that time, they'll have at least six, maybe eight practice rinks on top of all that. So who knows? Let's stir the pot. Let's invite them to Vegas. That's Yeah, I love it. <laughs> now you got me thinking, let's use Yoast and play games at Yoast and USA Arena and Little Caesars here in Detroit, man. Well, haven't they had the World Juniors in Detroit before? Uh, I'm not aware of that. Maybe, uh, I don't know either. So Maybe in the in this the 70s or 80s but i don't i don't recall it ever being here no not recently and not recently yeah no not recently um and you know for the city of detroit you know hockey town you know ben where you're sitting you know don't tell jess myers don't tell jess i i I suppose i better not tell you mass that they're not the state of hockey either so that's they're not the state Um, of hockey uh, yeah (laughs) they're not I know. <laughs> the, Bruins, the Bruins haven't won a cup since 11, man, so they're not it. Uh, no. I'm struggling here since 1984, so don't uh, – Yeah, that's a drought, man. That's a drought. I am well aware. <laughs> I'm well aware. Um, hey, guys, I, I is know. it a bad time for me to tell you that the Avalanche won the uh, cup the year that I moved here? You're the good luck charm. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, well, in Arizona, they don't call me that, Ben. <laughs> 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 They're in a college rink right now. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, uh, first of all, uh, let's hope by the time Vegas happens that uh, that maybe there'll be an NCAA team there. What do you uh, think, there man? will be. I I think there will be, absolutely. And what did you say, 26? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It'll be 23 if you guys really want to know, but. Oh, okay. geez. Wait, the, wait, the World <laughs> Junior or them having a college team in Vegas? Them having a college team. It, it wouldn't shock be, me. By this time, it wouldn't shock me either. It goes hand time. in hand. They got a pro team, an American League team. They got what a, co- a East. They got a, still got an East Coast team there. Yeah, I mean, they on, got man. they got hockey there. Then, then let me tell you the story. I told uh, Bill Foley's right hand man um, when they opened up the Henderson Silver Knights practice facility. I said. Let's go through this for a minute. You got NHL and the Golden Knights. You got AHL and the Silver Knights. And right down the street in Boulder City, we could have the Bronze Knights. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> it's a million-dollar idea. <laughs> so uh, depends okay. on how the stock market is trading the, the commodities there, gold, silver, and bronze. But yeah, it works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, as you – get set Ben to, to, to call another season here um, how do you think that that the Big Ten is going to shape up with all of the changes it's going to be interesting gonna, it's going to be on. it's going to be interesting man it's uh, you know I think you know Minnesota's clearly the team to beat let's start there we don't know exactly what we're going to get with Michigan I've known Brand. I mean, I've been around so long, guys, that I called Narado's games when he played at Michigan. I know Brandon really well. <laughs> I do, and uh, he was one of my favorites, and he really was. He was. There was another guy on that team that I, I mean, if you guys have heard of this dude, I'll be stunned. His dad, 
I believe still holds a Michigan record, but his name is Danny Fartig. And Danny was a Danny was a fourth line penalty killer. He was best friends with Matera. They played USA together. Now Brandon had a lot more skill than Danny, but Brandon was one of those players that the talent on the teams he played on there with Porter and Caloric and Pacioretty and I mean, I'm who am I forgetting? Probably Haglin. I mean, they had some people then. So he wasn't one of their top six guys. But what he's done with his work with video. I mean, Fred Pletch and I called him last year to talk for 15 minutes, and we ended up on the phone for an hour and a half. And, like, this dude breaks down video better than anybody, and he's adapted to the game. He's adapted to coaching. He was smart enough to not ride the buses in the, in the minors for more than, I don't think, three or four years. So he's a very sharp dude, and the stuff that he coaches with I think works. Um, so I think what you're going to get out of Michigan is what – you know, you usually get out of Michigan is, is a high-end team, but can they win when it matters? You know, and that's that's been the knock on them for a long time, in my opinion. They won a lot, but, you know, they haven't won the big one in a long time. So, you know, and last year with that team, man, that team had every bullseye you could have on them. So, um, you know, and then after that, I think – I think Penn State will be a lot better. They were a pretty young team last year, and I think Guy's a really good coach. So I think they're going to be a pretty solid team. Ohio State, I think I think Steve's done a nice job with them. And, you know, Wisconsin's got to find a way to recruit. And, um, you know, Tony's got to get, you know, some high-end guys in there. And Michigan State, I think they're going to be – I think Jared's, you know, I'd say the same. I called his games. I covered him when I was working in Lansing as a reporter. So I've known him a long time, and and again, you know, one of the things that I love about our sport is seeing whether it's guys that play or coach or trainers or equipment guys, and go on and and have success and watch their careers unfold. And and Jared's he's a lot like Brandon, where he's he's paid his dues, he's coached, he's been with the USA teams, and you know he's getting some more talent in there. So I forgot Notre Dame, no disrespect, but Notre Dame will be in the top three. So long answer, but. That's how I kind of see things going into the year, guys. Do you really think they'll be in the top in the top five, Notre Dame? I mean, I know they play a different game than everybody else in that league. You mean nationally or? Yeah. Uh, no, I meant top three in the Big Ten. Oh. Okay. I mean, I think by the end of the year they could. I mean, I have I've known Jeff a long time, man, and his teams. You know, he's he can coach, so um, they could be by the year end. But I, what I meant there was top three of the Big Ten. So that's, yeah, I see, I see them fitting in right after Minnesota and Michigan. I'm with you, Ben, on that with Notre Dame. I think they surprise a lot of people toward the end of the season. I think their defensive structure is underrated. Uh, they need a little bit more offense, uh, but I think, you know, they're better than Ohio State. I think they're better than Michigan State. Uh, they're better than Wisconsin. So I, I agree. I think they're top three in Big Ten, and I think they're, uh, they're a team that's going to be pushing for a top ten nationally uh, come the end of the next spring. Yeah, I mean, no question. I mean, they're, you know, they 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 own Michigan last year, man. A lot of people don't realize that. I mean, I, <laughs> yes, I I'm serious. I, like I spent Fred and I both spent, you know, hour, a couple hours putting numbers together and, you know, seeing how those games went down and, you know, and then we did the playoff game at Yost and it was a one-goal game, you know, basically and Jeff's always get, I mean, Jeff's won Jeff's won more playoff games against Michigan than any team he's ever coached against. Because at Lake Superior in the in the nineties, they own Michigan. Like <laughs> yeah, they, they flat that. out. They I think he was like 
he was like 34 and two in his playoff coaching career at Lake Superior. That's I mean, crazy. and I played at Traverse City, graduated in 88. There were two guys on my team that played college hockey, and we all wanted to play at Lake Superior. That was in 87, 88. But, like, the guy really knows how to coach against them. And the, the thing that his teams always do is they sell out. And, you know, a lot of people would talk about, oh, they remind you of the old Ron Mason teams at Michigan State when they'd lay down in front of Ryan Miller. You know, but the, you got you to gotta get down. You got to sacrifice the body. You got to be committed to, to that system. And those teams, that team last year, all those five times they met, they, they were committed, man. I mean, even the game they lost in the semifinals. So uh, they play hard. They got one of the best players in the country in Landon Slaggart, um, really developed. And I think he's going to be, he's going to be up there. I, I don't think he's as skilled as Nyes. I think Nyes is the best player in the country. But Landon's got all the intangibles, and he's a hell of a leader. He's been around. He's grown up in that program, and so, you know, that's that's where you start for me as a guy like him. So, uh, Jeff's teams always are hard to play against. We know that. So, and, and Michigan knows better than anybody. Ben, let me ask you this, um, and don't take this personally, being a Big Ten guy. <laughs> hey, I'm just a college hockey guy, man. So it's all good. I told people this when I was on that national media call with the four teams and the frozen four, I got the impression, and this is not a knock against any team or any coach. I really got the feel that there were two teams that were really in it to win a national championship at all costs. And I felt there were two teams that wanted to win a national championship, but also knew that they had a group of really high caliber NHL prospects that were going to be thinking about leaving very shortly. So the question to you is how difficult do you think it is? Like, and you look at the rosters and especially in the big 10, there are NHL players all over the place. Oh yeah. There aren't other places, but how hard is it to coach that when, when you don't know? And, and let me give you a quick preface on that because um, I talked to, to uh, Matthew Nyes at the uh, NJEC this year. Yeah. And, Asked him, I said, Matthew, and I said, you had a great camp with Toronto, and you could pretty much call your shot. Why are you coming back? And this is what he told me, Ben. He said, I, I, I'm really good friends with Brock Faber. And I said to mm -hmm. Brock, you're the best defenseman that I've ever played with in college hockey. Why aren't you turning pro? And, and he said, Brock looked me in the eye, and he said, um, Matthew, he said, I'm not good enough. And then Matthew said, I looked back at him, and I said, Brock, I'll see you this fall. So, <laughs> so kind of a two-part question, but how do you coach that much talent and bring them together to win something like an NCAA national championship? I mean, I think it starts with the player, and, and those two guys are guys that want to win, you know. And, yeah, you know, I take the favorite thing tongue-in-cheek, to be honest with you, but I think they really want to win. I mean, you know, Brock's a guy from – you know, the great state of Minnesota. So he's grown up watching that, you know, and, and Nye's, you know, obviously a little bit different background, but I think it starts with the players. I mean, you got to have the will. You got to have the will to go with the skill. And I, not to get off track, but I said to everybody last year about Michigan, they have the skill. They had more talent than any college team has ever had. Yeah. But, it, but they didn't have the will when it mattered the most. Yes. They just, they just didn't. So it's that combination. Like I, I've never, you know, I coached my kid and coached some travel teams, but 
you know, from a coaching standpoint, I don't, you know, you get a, obviously get a different answer from, you know, Bob Mosco or, or red or whoever it was, but from a broadcaster standpoint, that's what you see in teams and just knowing the game, like you, you got to have all those elements. You got to have all those boxes checked because if you don't, I mean, hell Quinnipiac almost got Michigan, but they didn't. Denver did because Denver had all the boxes checked. And, yeah. you know, for, for me, that's the difference in the conferences. I mean, I spent seven years, eight years in the CCHA, so saw that league, eight years in the NCHC, and now the last two in the Big Ten. And the Big Ten is there. I mean, some of those teams in the CCHA were pretty damn skilled because you had Michigan, you had Michigan State when they were good. Notre Dame had some skilled teams with a lot of guys that played in the league. You know, Bowling Green's had a lot of talent in that league. Lake State did. But anyway, but to me, the Big Ten is – they're the most skilled. The NCHC, I mean, that's an absolute gauntlet, man. I mean, it's you could be the last-place team, man, and, and, and you're the first-place team playing them, and you got your hands full. It's not it, – there aren't guaranteed wins in that conference. It's a different style. It's more of a – it's more of a pro style. They don't get the skill that the Big Ten gets for whatever reasons. Um, I remember some North Dakota teams were pretty damn skilled with Besser and Schmaltz and Kajula and a bunch of other guys, you know, and, and you could probably say that about a lot of other teams, but top to bottom, like to your point earlier, the NHL guys, I mean, yeah, there's, there's five, four or five guys on every team, in my opinion, that of the skilled teams that are going to play long time in the NHL. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's well, fun. I, I, I love offense. I, you know, coaches don't like that. Ooh. I want to. I want to call six five every night, man. I don't want to call two one, but I'll call two one two. But you know what I mean. So. Let, let me throw this out quickly. I know uh, Paul and and Nick also have questions for you, but I just want to follow this up because after I talked to Matthew Nyes, I talked to uh, three Denver kids at the NJEC, and, and Ben. They, I asked them. I said, you know, you guys are the talk of the town in Denver, and they brought you everywhere from from City Hall to the state capitol to the Rockies to you name it. And I said, what was the best part of winning a national championship? You know what they told me? Doing uh, it with my teammates. Yeah, there you go. Every we. We. Said, it's not I. It's we. They said, mm -hmm. I could not have enjoyed this if I hadn't been with my teammates. And it started in July of last year. And yep. I think that's what college hockey is all about. It's that cohesiveness everybody's got talent, especially now with the number of players that are, uh, you know, in the portal that you see and the number of players on rosters, everybody's got talent, but it's putting it all together and being cohesive. Am I on the right track? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like I said earlier, it's about checking all the boxes and you can't just check them when you want to check them. Like, right. you know, as a broadcaster, I can't just check what I want to check. I got to make sure everyone's checked because I don't know if, guy 16 on their, you know, depth chart's going to do something or, you know, guy eight's going to have a big night. You, you got to check, you got to check the boxes. You got to be prepared for everything and anything. And when it comes time to get down to it, you, that's when you really got to check them. You know, you, you got to have the preparation and have them checked, but you also got to have the execution and go out and check them that way too. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I, one of the things I love about the sport, you know, I mean, I was nine years old when the miracle happened and I was a Magic Johnson fan because I grew up in Lansing, Michigan before that and, you know, watched him at Michigan State and 
oh, I was going to be a basketball player, you know, and then hockey happened and that's when it all changed for me. And, you know, we all know what happened there. So um, just love the, the camaraderie. And it's one of the things I've liked about TV is, you know, all the years, the team the teammates you get to work with and, you know, you, you go execute with. So it's just really big part of who I am. Scott, do you mind if I echo a few things with Ben too? Because, you know, and I, I kind of want to address the question of how do you coach a team to win a national championship, as you'd mentioned. Uh, I had a lesson when I was a kid, much mind you, for some of those in the room was not that long ago, but I digress <laughs> from that conversation. <laughs> uh, Young but, Bob. But the, the, you're right. The, the <laughs> paradox was uh, stepping stone syndrome. And essentially what that, what that lesson was is, you know, sometimes you get these skilled guys, like, uh, like Ben mentioned, at your Michigans, at your Minnesotas. And it's the question of why, where's the will? Where's, where's the switch always on, right? And to kind of equate that, I was on a plane from Chicago to Allentown, Pennsylvania, just this past spring, uh, headed to cover the Huskies versus Quinnipiac. And I end up sitting next to one of the moms, uh, I think uh, last name Friedman, um, on Quinnipiac's team. Yep. Um, and essentially, you know, the the sentiment she kept saying was, you know, this is probably my kid's last game. I don't really care what happens. All I care about is he plays hard. All I care about is he gives it all, he leaves it on the ice. And if they win, great. If they lose, okay, great. You know, I'll be disappointed, but I want the effort there. And what I'm trying to get to here, Scott, is it's hard to coach high school level players to have the mentality is you got to live in the moment. A lot of these guys especially at this age, are looking towards that NHL contract because they're having conversations with the management. They're having conversations with their player agents, and so they're always looking at what's next. For some of these kids in college, they're not having these conversations. This is their version of the Stanley Cup. So it's, you know, how do you, how do you coach that mentality of living right now? Let's, let's worry about what's happening next a little bit later after this game, but how do we focus on now, and how do we put all on the line for the college hockey championship and worry about your NHL contract when it's all over with. Yeah. I mean, it's buy-in. I mean, they got to buy in, they got to buy in, they got to be on board with their teammates. Um, They got to put the personal stuff aside, you know, and it's as simple as that for me. I don't, I don't think it's a, you know, a long equation. It's, do you want to do it? Are you willing to commit to it and be a part of it? So that's the simple answer for me nick well couldn't agree more as i sit here and i'm i'm the lone wolf here okay uh you guys are in the heart of of of, of things i'm out here in starman country <laughs> <laughs> yeah baby uh, okay out here on long island so i'm not nearly as centralized as you guys are with with that and so the question i will ask and you guys might have different answers is we heard a lot about the guys from Denver after they had uh, an un-Denver like season yep. where they said, we're not going anywhere. I don't care that it's June, May, June, we're staying here. And it started from there. Um, I don't think that's unknown, but have you guys kind of seen other or been in touch with other situations where, 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 where teams have kind of said, hey, this is what Denver did. We kind of have to do the same thing now. I, I would say – Go ahead, Sorry, Nick. go ahead, Ben. No, you go. go. Ahead, ben. You go. I don't know if directly, Paul, but I do think, you know, 
I think it's important to preface that Denver was the team in the pod. And, and Ben, you can attest to this, that we were all just kind of waiting for it to sort of click. And it just never did. And it was yep. strange. It was very strange because there's yep. no question the talent was there. There's no question the coaching staff led by uh, Carl was there. And it just, for whatever reason, just never came together. And when we chatted with David Carl before the start of last season, he took 100% personal ownership of essentially the season and the result that it had. Uh, I don't know if, and he equated it to just not being, I don't know if being ready for the pod was his exact words, but just not really developing a camaraderie with within the team and, and getting on the same page and just having that cohesiveness. And I, I think every team in, would tell you that, you know, with the summer workout programs, I know at St. Cloud State, you know, they pride themselves as with the captains to try to welcome in the freshmen sometime in July to get them into workout programs. So there's this element already there, Paul, of, of teams really trying to assimilate themselves. But I don't think to the degree that which Denver did, because it stung. There's no question. I think everybody was surprised at Denver's result um, before last season. There was no question about that. So there was, how do we remedy this? I don't know if there's a direct correlation or, hey, this is what we need to do, because there's some NCAA restrictions involved here too. But, you know, the other part of it is, you know, how how much of that is what's equating to on-ice success, right? And I think that's the, the other question. And I'll Ben, you can attest to that is, you know, you can only do so much in the offseason. And I think part of it is, NCAA, I, I think that these teams need to be able to get together and practice much earlier than they're allowed to. I know they sort of, read, you know, kind of got that fixed, but uh, to me, it comes down to that is they need more practice before the season starts. Yeah, I'm not sure on exact, you know, the exact stuff with the NCAA, but I mean, I honestly think this stuff's been going on for years, man. I think, you know, my good buddy Sean Richland played at Michigan, been with, you know, doing the stuff with ESPN for a long time, and you know, those Michigan teams, I mean, they stayed. They This is back in the 90s, you know, and, and so what they do on their own is what they do on their own. But that's that's to me is what I, goes back to what I was saying about earlier about buying in and, you know, hey, we're in this thing. And like Nick said, you know, with guys that may not get another chance to play, guys that aren't going to go and be, you know, uh, you know, Max Pacioretty or whoever it is and play in the NHL for 12 years, you know. So I, I think it's awesome. I love hearing those stories. We we hear them every year. We start doing games from, yeah, we stuck around, you know, or everybody came back, you know, a month early. And, you know, I, I just think it's part of the fabric, to be honest, of of our sport. You know, I think it's it's cool to see. And it's cool to see them in April when they finally, whoever the team is that it worked for or clicked for or had all the boxes checked for is getting to skate around with the trophy. So cool part of the game. Ben, let me tell you this. Um, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, I'm going to be at a golf course about two miles from me. I'm for, jealous. For the uh, University of Denver um, fundraiser golf tournament that they have every year. Awesome. It, it always comes at the conclusion of what they call their pro camp. Yep. And the pro camp now has grown and grown and grown. So it's not just the, uh, the guys that are going to be playing – on the NCAA team this season, yep. but that alumni group, it's that group of guys. I know last year when, when I asked Coach Carl about it a couple times during the season, he said, you know, um, Troy Terry came back last year as part of our yep. program, and he said he was flying through guys, and he said a lot of my guys, my good guys, would come to me after after uh, 
you know, the season had started and said, you know, during pro camp, coach, Troy Terry was making us look sick. And he said, don't be surprised if Troy Terry makes a lot of people look sick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think I think it's back to that cohesiveness. It starts with the alumni group. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's what they do. You can't, the coaches can't be with them until whatever it is. Uh, yeah. September something. But what they can do is have them have, quote, unquote, organized competitions with their alumni guys. And I think that's what's really growing here in Denver is that base of, you know, Logan O'Connor comes back. And yeah. this year he bought Devin Cave with them. Um, and, you know, then there's other guys. So, anyway, I, I kind of digress off of that. But I, I think it's really cool. And, and tomorrow I'm going to chance to visit with Coach Carl and Logan O'Connor and Cameron Wright and those guys and uh, just get a feel for what it's all been like. But I kind of already know what the answers are going to be. So, Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I mean, heck, I'll go back to the, you know, late 90s. Michigan State was doing that. You know, Ron Mason had the crew they had. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we would go out, like, I was a local sports guy then, so it would be like, you know, Sean Horkoff's back, Mike York's back, uh, Duncan Keith's back, whoever it was. I mean, it was, and it went on for years, and then, you know, it just kind of fell apart, and, and I, I played golf in the Michigan one for, heck, five years, I think, in a row, back in like 05 to 09 or whatever it was. I think it was in that time frame. And, you know, Ohio State did one last year. That was good to see. They haven't done anything. And and a lot of a lot of programs do that. Again, I think it's part of the fabric. And, you know, I think more teams are, are doing that because, let's be honest, it's not like it was in the 70s or 80s when these guys were playing. I mean, it's 12 months a year. And, you know, and that goes into, you know, how do these teams win, you know, and how do they do it and how they put it together, whether it's a, you know, a team like Scott Sandlin's done it with, with not a lot of high-end guys, so to speak, or a team like, you know, a, a Michigan when they have their talent or Minnesota, how do they do it? You know, it's, it's part of that whole, it's part of the whole process. It's part of the buy-in and it's, it's now it's, it's literally 12 months, 12 month a year situation where there, there's stuff going on. Ben, let me change direction on you a little bit and I sure. tie it in uh, to me a little bit more personally. Um, Scott usually asks this question, but I'm going to ask it this time. All right. Um, with the pandemic, people were afraid that the teams would disappear. But yet in the last five or six years, in the last seven years, or eight years, if you want to go back to we go back to Penn State. Yeah, kind of had it a little bit easier. Yep. Yeah, a little uh, bit. <laughs> a little bit easier than most teams starting. Yeah, hundred million will do that for you. Yeah, that, that's what I figured. <laughs> um, but uh, in my neck of the woods, LIU didn't have a hundred million to start. Yep. With. My yep. alma mater, at ASU, didn't have a hundred million to start with. Um, I don't know what Augustan is getting to start with. Are you shocked that not only that college hockey is not losing teams, but gained teams through all of this and, and continues to add teams like Lindenwood and next year, like I said, Augustana and, yep. and, and so forth and so on? Initially, I would say yes, I am. But I think it's because of the strength of our sport. And I think it's because of the growth of hockey in the country. And it's so awesome to see. It really is, man. It's it's cool to see. I mean, I think, you know, you're going to see we, – we all know how good or we, we hear how good these 
UCLA's and USC's are. And I know things changing in the Pac-12 and what's going to become in the Pac-12 and all that. But I mean, the, 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 the possibilities, guys, like are insane to me in that regard. Like Texas, like they've got the stars down there and they've got, you know, the uh, Texas stars and beautiful place. I did games in that building when it opened, man. It was unbelievable. And, you know, San Antonio's got a team and, you know, I know Houston had a team. So and, and you're seeing more and more players come out of that state. You know, Blake Coleman's a buddy of mine. I mean, proud dude from Dallas, you know, like there's more and more guys coming out of those places. And so I think all those things incorporated into what you're talking about with the growth. St. Louis, another place where Lindenwood is. I mean, that what a great hockey city. What a great sports city. I don't know how many of you guys have been there, but I mean, there's always a buzz in that city, whether it's the cards or the blues. I mean, it's cool. You know, it's just a great Midwest sports city, and and they should have, you know, a college team there. I mean, the Kachucks and all these Zombos from there and all these people from there, and I'm missing people, but you guys know the rest of them, I'm sure. But it's it's cool to see, and, and I don't think we're done. I, I'd really like to see the UCLA's and, and USC's have teams and be involved, whether it's the Big Ten, the NCHC, Whatever it is, I think we're just starting to see the beginning of it, guys. I really do. Well, my vote is for the Great West College Hockey Conference in the West. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I see we bring the two Alaskas, Arizona State, UNLV. Maybe we go up and we take that Canadian uh, uh, Simon Fraser school and yeah. we find one more and throw it together. Um, I, I was thinking that might be uh, – Oregon, but Oregon had some problems this last week, and uh, I think they're back to ground zero at maybe D2 or D3 for a while. So we'll see what happens. But um, Okay, one final one for me, Ben. Um, when you look at uh, the talent across the board in college hockey right now, you have to salivate as a play-by-play guy because it, it it's so good. It, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It really is. I mean, it's you know, I, I referenced some of those North Dakota teams, you know, with Besser and and, and uh, Nick Schmaltz and Kajula and, you know, Stetcher on those teams and Willannon. I mean, those guys were, you know, just fun to watch. I love offense. You know, I, I'll call whatever the game is. You know, the game unfolds before us and, and we just read and react to what happens. So, but I, I love goals. I love offense. I love packed buildings, love energy. Um, you know, it's, it's incredible. You know, I, I was thinking about this last night watching the, the Canada uh, Finland game and, and you guys probably saw this, but you know, maybe some in the audience, you know, don't know, but like, think about like Ken Johnson, like this dude in February, he plays in the Olympics. Then he goes back to Michigan. He wins a big 10 tournament. Then he goes and plays in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. They came up short. Then he signs a pro contract, plays with Columbus for 10 games, whatever it is. Then he goes and plays in a world championship and then he plays in a world junior. He did that in six months. And this dude's playing in our, he's playing in our sport. And, Crazy, and right. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And so, yeah, I do salivate, you know, when I get to see these players, you know, I, I just, it's awesome to, to be a, a small part of it and to see these guys. I love seeing people have success and to see them, go on to play in their pro careers, whatever, however long that is, whatever league it's in. To me, it's awesome. I connected, reconnected with a lot of guys that were college players the 
the season I did in the KHL. I, I reconnected with Brandon Yip from BU, reconnected with Andy Mealy, reconnected with Steve Camfer. Uh, there's probably a guy, Cali Kosala was another guy I reconnected with, good St. Cloud guy, as Nick knows. Silky Mets. Yeah, yes. man. And so, you know, that's just something that, that I love and always have loved about the sport and, and being part of it. So just seeing people have success. And that goes for coaches. It goes for equipment managers. It goes for trainers, whatever the heck you're doing. You know, it's, it's just, we're a small little, in a good way, we're a small little cult. And, uh, you know, I'm just proud. <laughs> like I'm just proud. <laughs> I'm just proud to be a, be, a, be a small part of it, guys. It's always fun. And, I'll never say no to the sport. It's given me so much and so many great memories and moments I'll never forget. Some of the best moments in my career in broadcasting really have come in college hockey. And so it's always going to be near and dear to my heart. I joke with Starman in the regionals and we looked at each other and we're like, we worked together for 10 years at CBS and we finally did a regional together. <laughs> and I, I said, it. you know what, dude? I said, you know what, dude? I said, I'll be 75 doing games if they'll let me, bro. You in? He goes, absolutely, Benny. So that's okay, the truth, me, guys. That's the truth. Let, let me do one more quick follow-up. Then we'll go sure. and, and Paul to, to wrap things up tonight. But cool. my, my follow-up, Ben, is this. Um, the other thing that I'm impressed with is the, not only the amount of talent, but the way the teams are constructed. And let me give you a couple of examples. Denver very seldom reached into the portal. They reached in a little more this year. But yep. There were various reasons for that. But last year they took one kid. Um, this year, Colorado College took nobody. They, they yep. built it all on their own. Yep. And then you look at a place like Arizona State, which took like six or whatever it is uh, out of the portal again this year. So everybody's got a different philosophy to try to accomplish the same goal. And to me, that's unique in this sport much more than any other sport. Am I close on that one? I, I think so. I mean, I, you know, the last couple of years I did college football, you know, I, I saw more and more of it in that sport. I, I didn't really do a ton. Of, I, I only did usually when all the years at CBS, I only did about 10 college hoop games a year. So I wasn't really that connected. But just following sports in general, you see it so much in that sport. Um, yeah, I, I think that's right. I mean, and I think, you know, you look at a school like North Dakota, you know, they, they've really, they've relied on it quite a bit the last couple of years. And normally when you think of NODAC, you know, you're thinking, and they're bringing in talent, don't get me wrong, but they're a school that did it. I mean, Jeff Jackson, he had five guys and, and the guy that Karashik, man, he, he gets in the NHL. He reminds Nick, he reminds me a little bit of Jack Ashan. Just his, okay. I don't, I don't care what you're going to do. I'm going to try and beat you. And more times than not, he beats you by blocking shots and taking pucks in the chest. And he's just a competitor, you know, and, and that was a fine for Jeff in, in the portal. And then Goliath, the goaltender. I mean, you know, heck, I mean, they're, they're, they're a goal away from going to another frozen four. If, you know, they could score against Minnesota state. So you know, I, I think it works for – I'm fine with it working um, and seeing it work. It's a little confusing at times because there's a lot of guys moving around. But, you know, it's it's just the nature of college sports. I mean, look at all the change we've had in conferences and realignment, and, and it's not even close to being done. So, you know, in the big picture. So, I mean, it's funny. I went to San Jose in early July, and I got off the plane and – walked out in front of the airport and I saw a guy in a Michigan state hat. So I gave him the go green and the, the response is go white. 
And I and I said, right on, Sparty on. And the guy looks at me, he goes, welcome to Big Ten country. And I'm in San Jose. And I'm like, wait, dude, so Cal Stanford? He's like, oh, yeah, they're going. So it's point is it's going to keep changing, and it's just part of the game now. And, you know, I, I think it's, you know, again, I think it's, if done right, I think it's good for the game. But I don't like personally with guys that go in and they're in the portal and they've moved to two or three schools. I'm not a huge fan of that. Because yeah, I because I believe in commitment and you know you work through it you know and that's just me I'm just old school that way so anyways that's a long winded okay. answer but sorry Nick, <laughs> go ahead okay. Nick Nick and then Paul final one well I think at the end of the day you know what what we're seeing with uh, this sport in general and it's, it's hard to put into words honestly is. You know, going back to Ben's point, you know, it's a it's a small cult, but the cult's building. The cult is gathering steam very rapidly, and especially in the non-traditional areas, you know, like your San Jose's uh, throughout California and Arizona. I mean, heck, some of the better college prospects have come out of the Phoenix area. We're talking Maddie mm-hmm. Nice and now Logan Cooley, right? Yeah. Uh, what's, you know, Shane Goss is bare. Granted, he's had a cup of coffee in the NHL and maybe wished – his career would have been different, but you know, from this great state of Florida, we're seeing these roots be planted in these non-traditional markets and more so the roots that are expanding outwards. And it, to me, what's great about the sport is, is that you're looking at just, you're looking at an upward trend. Uh, the sport's growing and it's growing at a, at a, at a pace where, you know, back to what we were discussing about, uh, you know, are we surprised for the pandemic it succeeded and not just succeeded, but is expanding to me, it actually isn't surprising just because of just how good uh, the sport has marketed itself, the, the way that the camaraderie is. There's so much to be attractive about the sport. So to me, it's all things up. All right, Paul, wrap it up for us. All right. Well, I, I, I will I will ask this question because the, the fact is that the game gets more exposure because more and more platforms need more and more content. Yep. So that doesn't hurt at all. Correct. The, the, the question I have for you is, and you talked about games you've called and, 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 and just calling necessarily high-scoring games. But the, there was a 3-2 game a couple of years ago uh, that the Vampires, as I call them, defeated. That'd be Minnesota Duluth. Yes, that would be Minnesota Duluth. <laughs> That went, I call them the vampires because you you can't you, they never die they just never do. It's a good uh, way to describe them. Um, it, that game went five overtimes. Now you weren't calling that game, but how would you deal? How do you deal with a five overtime game like that? <coughs> you don't get big breaks in between. No, um, I was actually supposed to be doing that regional, but really? uh, yeah, I was. I was supposed to be with. I was actually supposed to be with Dave. But, uh, you know, the longest one I've done was two minutes from going to a third. And that was my first regional in 07 with Alabama Huntsville. And Doug Ross was retiring. Richland and I, we were together for, I think, six or seven years straight until we were broken up. That was our first regional. And Ryan Thang, good at Edina boy, Nick. As you know, and uh, 
walked off the wall. I, I did like 15 Notre Dame games that year. So I knew what they were going to do. Walked off the wall and ripped one from about 22 feet left side of the slot. But anyway, longest game I've ever done. And then we had Michigan State BU the next game, and Abdicator and the boys took care of him in about an hour and 45 minutes. We were all like, thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's tough, man. I mean, you know, I did a five-overtime college football game in 2006, Ball State at, at Western Michigan. Greg Jennings, I think, had 300 yards and three touchdowns, and Brady Hoke was a coach at Ball State that won 60-57. That was tough. We were in the booth for about five hours. And we, we couldn't go to the bathroom because we had no studio support, which Dave and Leah had. Right. But it's still tough, man. It's it's hard. And you just got to keep pounding water. And it's hard to keep your focus. But, you know, you watch the players that played in that game and some of these other marathon games that have happened in college hockey, you know, three, four OT games, whatever they have, they've been. I know there's been some three overtime games. I don't think there's been a ton of fours. I know the B or the uh, Bowling Green Duluth national title game, I think in 84 was five overtimes, if I remember right, in Lake Placid. Um, so it's just it's just keeping your focus and and you got to keep your partner up. You know, you got to make sure you're supporting each other more than ever because you're doing a three-period game. It's pretty easy to do, especially if the game's good. Right. So, you know, your energy's up and, you know, you're – you're back and forth. And in my case, most of the years I've done college hockey, I've had a ringside reporter. So you, you know, you have that person to incorporate too. So, and your producer is an important part of it too, because, you know, they're the ones telling us where to take the ship and they got to make sure their energy's up. And, and that's important too. So uh, corny and cliche, but just like our great sport boys, it's all about teamwork and it's about we and, and, you know, I, I wish I would have done that game. I really do. I knew a lot of guys in that game that played. And, sure. um, you know, I mean, heck, Freddie and I did our games. We were in Loveland, and we were done. And we went back and watched, I think, three <laughs> overtime. We were supposed to be on ESPNU that night. And yeah, well. I remember my girlfriend back here in Michigan, she's like, I get home, and she she was DVR and everything. And I had, like, 52 minutes on ESPN News I had nine minutes on ESPN two. I had 12 minutes on ESPN U and it, I'm not kidding, man. It's an exact. Yeah. It's what happened. And, uh, and I remember talking to Dave the next day and he just, I, he's like, I really don't want to talk Benny, but I'll talk to you for five minutes. Can and we so, just Benny? Yeah, man. It, I mean, it's just, but that's the truth. I mean, and again, in my career, that's the longest game I ever did. And that was, I don't know how long that game was from time of air to when they went off, but it's, it's a killer. I mean, it's, you just, you got to eat too. I mean, just like the, you, you see the players eating oranges and pizza and whatever they can get their hands on, you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you're keeping your body charged and, and energized and strong. So yeah, man, that's a funny story, but that stuff's true about the DVR, man. I was like, wait, where's the game? She's like, just find it somewhere else. So I recorded it later when it replayed. So anyways um and you guys don't get there at puck drop <laughs> no uh no exactly thank you we don't just show quite up a bit, in this quite a bit before yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah we don't just show up and you know we're usually working in the booth or up till it you know i have a little different routine than you know i use dave you know because dave and i've done more college games than anybody i've worked with and you know i'd be more you know kind of like brett Favre. you know i'm I'm goofing around and, you know, I'm, 
I'm just, I'm talking to everybody and Nick's seen it. He followed us around a couple games. And so we're, we're all a little different, but at the end of the day, we're still prepared. It's just, it's a little bit, you know, Dave's talking to people. He goes down to talk to coaches. He gets last minute stuff. It's great. You know, it's, it's one of the things I loved about working with him all the years I did. I, I don't really honestly can say there's only one other analyst that I've ever worked with. And that's Jay Feely that was more prepared than, than Dave and, and not more prepared, but as prepared, I should say, no, no, those two guys were more prepared than anyone I ever worked with. And that's no disrespect to any of those other analysts and any of the sports I've worked in. It's just, those two guys were so dialed in and it made my job easy. I knew all I had to do was call to play and, and give Dave windows and, and go certain directions. And that was part of the magic that, that we had together. So. Yeah. Well done. You guys were a great pair. Um, would love to see that again someday. And Shireen, of course. Uh, the Me too. Side. So let's uh, let's keep pushing for it. Ben Holden, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for hanging in for the extra half hour. I struggled a little bit, but um, have a good night. We'll be in touch, and who knows? Maybe we'll connect again and do something special. You guys too, man. It was an absolute pleasure, and I'm happy to anytime. So you guys keep up what you're doing, and uh, – Thanks for having me. It's always fun supporting and talking about our sport and sharing it with our great fans. And, you know, that's what, to Nick's point, that's why it keeps getting bigger and, and surging. And, you know, it's, it's on the rise now. So thank you guys. Absolutely. That's Nick Holden, folks. Paul and I will be back ben in about three minutes. Get it right. You're mixing up the two guests, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> we'll be right back.
behind the mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. College Hockey West Live is coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. Indeed it is, College Hockey West Live. A little bit uh, discombobulated tonight and a little bit late, but um, Paul, another great uh, job done. Scott Strandy with you in Denver, Colorado, I should mention. And Paul Hornstein, my longtime co-host out on Long Island, New York. Um Paul, another great show. Uh, somehow we figured out a way to connect everybody, get it done. But always great talking college hockey. Well, listen, you know, it's 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 always fun to, to, to talk to somebody that you haven't had a chance to talk to. Um, and, and, you know, I know a couple of times, at least one time we were trying to get Ben on and it didn't work. And. You know, you know me. I love talking to the people that have institutional knowledge. That's and why you like talking to me. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, oh boy, knowledge. did I put you on the spot on that I one? Said, I said you weren't knowledge. sure how to answer, were you? I said knowledge. Um, <laughs> you know, um, and and Ben certainly has that. Um, I didn't get a chance to tell him that I was sixteen. Uh, when when the miracle on ice happened, but uh, you know, so but uh, you know, um, yeah. I mean, I wasn't even born yet. Probably not. Um, <laughs> but I mean, just listen to the to the to 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 the people he's he he knows and interacted with and and can talk about and talk about games that happened here and games that happened there and you know, I don't deny that I'm the newcomer here. Even with, you know, Nick being much younger than I am, he grew up around it. I did not, as you know. Um, and I'm, I am the newbie in the last seven or eight years. Well, hold on a minute. That may be factually true, but I don't know that anybody's worked harder to get up to speed on everything than you have, certainly over the last five or six years with me. So well, that's a credit I, to you and your... Uh, Desire and love for this game, I think, is what we call it. Well, you, you, I am, I, I've been a hockey guy all my life, and you know, as uh, we mentioned, uh, it's been since 1984. Um, but um, you know, we didn't have ice; we had concrete. Um, and like I said, so I, I mean, I knew of college hockey, but. We didn't get a lot of exposure to it till the front, the frozen four. So, um, but I'll say this because this is what I do, uh, because it all has to revolve around me. And you know that, um, Ben mentioned two guys, Dave Starman, Long Island, Jace Feely, uh, Jay Feely, right. His, his two uh, color guys that he mentioned, Jay played for the giants and his kid goes to ASU. 
So. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to throw that out there. And Jay is a heck of a, a heck of an analyst. I've listened to him many times. Yeah. Um, he, he's been on, when I was in Arizona, he was on the sports talk shows there quite frequently. And he is so prepared, whether yep. he's driving in his car or whatever, he's always prepared and always a great guest. So uh, if he wants to talk hockey sometime, we'll bring Jay on too and sure. talk hockey. Maybe Why he'll not? do that. He's a Michigan guy. <laughs> well, I mean, I try to avoid that, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> at least he's not. Uh, He's at least he's not. Well, we yeah, just just stay out of trouble. Stay out of trouble. We just got a couple of minutes left. I will tell everybody that I am headed over to the golf course tomorrow to see the uh, University of Denver annual golf fundraiser. That'll be a lot of fun. The, the 26th of September, I will be uh, in Colorado Springs with the first annual Colorado College golf tournament fundraiser. September? So that late. Um, yeah, the, the right before the start of the season, they're going to be All out right. there on Monday, the 26th. All right. So that'll be, uh, that'll be interesting. But in the meantime, we'll continue to roll on and, and do our shows and try to figure out how to stay connected from start to finish. Well, you've got a lot of golf to cover in the next few weeks then, don't you? Oh yeah. More golf than I know what to do with. Well, you are the golf pro. So yeah, that, well, that is factually correct. <laughs> All right, take uh, it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask, College Hockey West Live on the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Brought to you by Burrito Express, homemade taste, takeout speed. Six East Valley locations. Go to BurritoExpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Available at all Allegiant Stadium events at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, as well as our new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. So plenty of places to go out there and get that delicious Jesse Ray's barbecue. By the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to catch all of the action from the toughest conference of college hockey. Drury Inns and Suites, now an official Disney World Hotel. Book your stay now for travel starting this October at TroyHotels.com. Metro by T-Mobile. Get exclusive offers by becoming part of T-Mobile Tuesdays when you switch to Metro by T-Mobile. Top Golf, place of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf Center or go to TopGolf.com. Liberty University, over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at liberty.edu. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is, in the resort or in town. College Hockey West Live, presented by Behind the Mask, and all of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Nine the Mass College Hockey West Live and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. Again, a big thank you to uh, our guest, Ben Holden, for joining us and hanging in there, even though we went through a half hour of technical difficulties. Thanks to everybody that was listening tonight. We enjoy it. Uh, give us a comment. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Subscribe. Do whatever you got to do. Let's get to 30,000 uh, downloads before we get to the end of this month. We'll say goodnight, little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody. Good night.